Hi babies, welcome back to another episode of Distressed and Sweats the Podcast. I am glad you are back. I am glad we are getting all this mental health information and feelings and emotions out in one platform. It's a good time. It's a great time. We love it here. Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Oh baby, what a time to be alive. I am excited about this episode. I'm a little nervous because I'm putting all myself out there, but it's okay. You know, we need to have a juicy podcast episode because the last three have been, they've been all right. I mean, just more education than anything. So now we need to get down to the juiciness, nitty gritty, right? I know that's what everyone's been waiting for. So this podcast episode, it's not about exposing me because I don't need to be exposed. I'm an open book. So people ask me, I, I will tell you, like, I don't, I, it's not like I don't care. It's just like, I think honesty is the best policy in life. And if you want to know me, you want to know all of me and not just like the little tiny bits and pieces, like the good stuff. We take the good and the bad, mix it all together. Got a little twisted smoothie going on here. We love it. So this podcast is for everyone to get to know who's behind the mic, who's the Shia. Like, you know, what happened in my life for me to get to where I am, to, for me to put myself out there so much that I'm becoming a mental health advocate, that I'm doing these things. So what the fuck happened to her? <laughs> so to speak. So let's get to it. I don't know where to start, though. I don't. Should we do like a little therapy sesh and start from like the beginning? I'm just kidding. Not a lot of therapists do that actually, so that's very stereotypical. They don't start from the beginning, but I will. So I was born September 8th in Flint, Michigan. Much love to Flint, much love. Um, I stayed in Michigan. I lived in the north side and the south side of Flint. Um, my mom lived on the south. My dad lived on the north. So I was back and forth. I went to school on the south side of Flint. I was there from pre-K all the way up to sixth grade. Um, and then my grandma on my mom's side had passed away. And I loved her very dearly. It was very sad for the family. And we ended up moving to Nevada after shortly after that. And I will say that that woman has the first, I would think I was 10, the first 10 years of my life, that woman has taught me so much in life and everything that I do. I try to make her proud and I try to think about the things that I do and think about how she would have done them and tried to, I'm trying to live my life with a little grace. She brought a little grace, a little happiness it's everywhere she went. So that's how I try to live my life. So... We moved to Nevada when I was, I want to say I was 11 going on 12 or 10 going on 11, I'm not sure. And I started middle school out there. It was a very hard transition, I guess, so to speak, just because, you know, you're in a new city, new state. It's hot. It is hot in Las Vegas. It is the desert. It's a dry heat. People don't understand when I say that. But if you come to Las Vegas, if you're from like the East Coast, you will understand. There's no humidity, but it's very dry and it's very hot. And so, but I mean, like most kids, you know, I end up making friends. Middle school is tough for everyone, I think. So that's that. Um, I ended up going to high school, freshman and sophomore year out in Vegas. 
And then I thought about what I wanted to do after high school. And I've always been a Michigan State fan. I still am a Michigan State fan. I bleed green and white. Go Spartans. So I was like, I want to go back home. I want to get in-state tuition to Michigan State. And so after my sophomore year, I decided to pack it all up and go and live with my dad back in Michigan. And so I started junior year of high school in Michigan. Um, I just finished up my junior and sophomore year at Elizabeth Ann Johnson High School. Go Panthers, I guess. <laughs> um, so my schooling has been all over the place. I am very, very thankful that I did move to Nevada um, because I think it's given me an insight on the world and how diverse the world is in different people, different cultures, different lifestyles. So I'm very, very thankful to have that experience. Um, I know it's not getting juicy just yet. Hold on, hold on. Wait for it, wait for it. It's coming. Um, I I think during my saw, um, senior year of high school, I mean, like, you know, dating for me wasn't... Uh, I will tell you I am... When I, since I've been a kid, I've always looked for, not validation, I guess, but attention. I am the middle child, so that might give you some insight, middle child syndrome. So growing up in, like, in the dating scene, I always loved to have different people I talk to. So that's that. Senior year, I did settle down. I found someone, um, and we started dating. Yada, yada, yada. I went to Michigan State for a year. Very, very expensive. Um, I did not do the party scene. I know, I know. People are like, why'd you go to Michigan State if you didn't want to party? Partying just wasn't my thing. Um, I worked. I went to school. I got decent grades in college. And the transition from college was, like, it wasn't hard, but it was, it was an interesting transition. I met some really cool people. Um, shout out to my roommate. If she's listening, she knows who she is. We do still keep in contact. You know, she supports me. I support her. It's a very, very beautiful thing. Um, I did a lot. I was very active in high school. So I had a lot of friends in high school. Um, towards my senior year, those friends did dwindle down. When I got to college, they dwindled down some more. As an adult right now, they dwindled down some more. But I do have my ride or dies, um, my soulmate, shout out to her, my best friend, shout out to her. And then I have my sister, shout out to her, my brother. I love them. Um, I was always close to my siblings. They would say I'm the instigator, probably middle child syndrome, whatever. Let's see. Oh, got to the juicy part. So, yeah, senior year, I met a guy. Um, I was, you know, together with him for three and a half years, so 17 till um, at 20. And, you know, we lived together. We had a dog together, um, older dog. So he did die right around the time we did break up. Very, very sad. Very, very detrimental to my mental health. I think that it wasn't it wasn't the, the end-all, be-all to my mental health and, like, breaking it down, but I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Because, like, even in high school, I started to feel not useless, but useless, I guess. So, like, I would have those times where... I want to go out and do everything and, and be with everyone and, you know, have all this, like, time and socialness. 
And then there was times where I'm just like, I just really don't like you. I don't like anybody. I just want to stay in my house and stay in my room under my covers in the dark. And so I don't really think I knew how to explain it. I just kind of was just going through the motions. And I think I was so stressed of like how I wanted my life to play out and what I wanted in life. Because I feel like in high school, there are different type of people. People who just want to have fun and party because it's high school. And then people who are very into the books and thinking about the rest of their lives. So I think I was a mix of both of those people. And throughout the college transition into college, kind of figuring out, I always knew I wanted to be successful and I wanted to be successful at a young age. I wanted to accomplish things that other people haven't accomplished. And I guess in a certain way, I wanted to make people proud and I had high expectations of myself. And so I was stressed out a lot in between after high school, so 17 through 20. I was very, very stressed. Like, I was always on edge. Um, If things didn't play out in my head, then, like, how I thought things were supposed to go, I would freak out. I would freak out so bad. Um, I started, like... I don't know when it started, like the OCD type thing. There were things that I had to do repetitions of and like get stressed out if I didn't like do my repetitions of that certain like thing. Um, for example, um, locking the door. I would have to lock the door and like check it multiple times and like even like maybe record myself checking it to like make sure my door was locked when I had an apartment. I don't really know when that happened or how it triggered like that type of thing, but it did happen. Um... So there was certain things that started coming out in between that time. I think it was because I was so highly stressed because I wanted my life to be not picture perfect, but picture perfect at this point. I you know I had the apartment. I was doing it on my own. I had the car. I had, you know, the perfect relationship. I had the, the man that I was going to spend the rest of my life with. I had the dog, even though he was an older dog and he was blind. Love you, Coco. Love you so much. I had it all, and I wanted to maintain that images, all those images as much as I could. I wanted to maintain everything. Everything needed to go smoothly, needed to go perfectly. And I think it just that alone can stress someone out. I had to get the good grades. I had to graduate. I had to do this. I had to do that. Like I had to maintain the picture-perfect life, and I think... No one really knew what was going on inside of my head around that time. Like, people just thought, like, oh, she was, she's doing big things. You know, I wish I was her. Like, you know, we're so proud of her. Like, she's doing, like, all of this on her own. Like, she, she, she's got her life set. And even though in all actuality, in my mind, I'm like, I can't, I, I'm not doing well enough. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Things need to be perfect. No, 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 no. Like, I was literally just going through it. Like, there were times where I was just like, what the, f- what the fuck? I'm sorry, excuse my language. What the fuck? What the fuck is going on? I don't understand any of this. And then it will be times where I would snap on people who did not deserve to be snapped on for just the littlest things. And, like, blow things way out of proportion. Way out of proportion. Like, it got to the point where sometimes, like, just, like, just the small things... Like, would just irritate me beyond compare it, and I would snap. And, like, 
no one deserves to be snapped on, especially for things that are either out of their control. They don't have anything to do with it. You know, they don't have explanation behind it. But I was just so wound up, so stressed, so tense that it happened more times than I would like it to. And throughout that year, so from 17 to 20, those three years, three and a half years, whoever I snapped on, whoever I made feel bad, whoever I stressed out because I was stressed, I am so sorry. (laughs) This is my formal public apology. I am so, so sorry. Like, I really, truly am. I did not know what was going on around that time. I was just very, I was just under a lot of stress and pressure. And that's no excuse. But the time, like around that time, you're trying to find yourself. You're trying to figure out who you want to be in life and what you want in life. And I think I wanted to be the best at everything. I wanted to be successful. I wanted people to be like, that life that she has, I want that. And so I tried to do all of that, and I tried to make that impression on people. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself, and without even knowing it. I just, for a long time, I thought that the world, my friends, my family was putting the pressure on me, and that was extremely not the case. I had to like have a long sit down with my dad about it, because I just thought that they were putting all the pressure on me, and they were not. It was me putting the pressure on me. And putting pressure on yourself, I think, does lead to a lot of mental health issues, especially on my part. They do say stress is um, one of the factors when it comes to mental health. And I was really under a lot of stress. But at one point in time, like I was like, bro, if I don't chill the fuck out, I'm going to die at 30. Because my heart was just, I was burning myself out. I was working so hard at my jobs. Um, I had three jobs at one point because I wanted to make enough money to, you know, afford things that I wanted to afford, afford the bills, which I was fine with my bills and all, but I wanted to afford the finer things in life. I wanted to go places. I wanted to do things. Like, I wanted to be like, you know, Shy is here. She's at, you know, I don't know if people are familiar with Michigan, but she's at Ford Field, which is the football stadium. Like, she, you know, has this. She has that. She has all this fancy stuff in her apartment. You know, she looks good all the time, like things like that, like to keep up with appearances, like fake it till you make it. That was me. I was trying to fake it until I made it. Like I was trying to put on the facade and like in my mind, this is just what I had to do. This is the person that I was. I was supposed to be the person that people looked at, you know, wanted to be. I was the person that held up my family or held up, you know, my relationship if need be. I was going to be the provider. I was going to make all this money. We're going to be set for life. We're going to be a power couple. I was going to be a power person, a powerhouse. I wanted to do all of these things, and I wanted to be the best. And that mindset, as great as it may sound, very, 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 very stressful. Like, I would have panic attacks all the fucking time. I would be stressed out. I have mental breakdowns at least, like, three times in, like, the span of a month. Just cry out of nowhere. <laughs> and I'm sure people are like, what the fuck is wrong with her? Like, you know. But, like, it, it, it is what it was. I'd snap on people. I'd, you know, be very, very stressed out just all the time. And that's just not a way of living, especially when I was so young. 
Like I just had the weight of the world on my shoulders. And it wasn't even the weight of the world. It was the weight of myself. It was the weight of my mind. Because I was going to do great things. And I knew I was going to do great things. And I still think I'm going to do great things. But I needed to do them now. Everything needed to happen now. I need to be set for life now. And that is a lot of pressure. I'm not sure where it all came from at this moment in time. Um, but it happened. And I was in the right frame of mind. And this was me. This is the person that I thought I needed to be. I needed to be the, the girl or the woman who did everything who had the money, who had the, the, the relationship, who had just everything in life. And I played the role. I was going to be the role. I was going to be the greatest friend, the greatest wife, the greatest mom, whatever it may be, whatever I thought I wanted at the time. I was going to be that. And that's who I just thought it was going to be. And I think once... Things started falling apart. I'm not sure when in that those three and a half years they started falling apart, but they did. And it was kind of like a snowball effect. And like my mental health was getting worse. But I kept pushing and pushing myself to the point where I couldn't push myself any longer. Like I, I'm about to cry just, just talking about it, okay? <laughs> but like I couldn't push myself any longer. And that time, everything kind of just fell apart. Like I lost my dog. I lost... Um, the the person that I was with at the time, um, I lost the the apartment. I lost a lot of things, and literally, like I started from the bottom. Like I I hit rock bottom when everything like kind of it's kind of like a rug, and like it got pulled underneath me. And and I think that was the lowest point I've ever been in my life because you have this dream, you have this expectation of yourself and just like that, snap your finger, it's all gone. And I was just like, what the fuck am I going to do now? Like, what the fuck is the point? And so going through that phase, I had ended up moving in with my dad um, and my stepmom for a while. And for like the first like maybe like month, I literally... Did not want to go to work. I did not want to do anything. I actually probably called out of work more times than I needed to. I had, even if I went to work, I was not there. Um, I would go into the bathroom for like a long period of time and just like just sit there. I was just not, and like, you know, I had a really cool relationship with my manager at the time. So it was okay. And he knew what was going on because I just wanted to be like completely honest, even though it felt so embarrassing. I was so embarrassed. I did not want to tell anyone. Um... I didn't want to, like, you know, you're you're 20, about to be 21. You don't want to move back into your parents' house. Like, that's just, what, what, what? And, like, I'm the type of person, I do not want to ask for help. Never, ever, ever. If I have to ask for help, that's a cold day in hell. <laughs> but at that point, I was so low and in the trenches. Like, I, I sucked it up. I lost all pride, all confidence, all everything. And I moved in with my dad. And I'm very, very thankful for my dad and my stepmom for letting me move in with them just to figure my life out. Because literally, like, I did not know what I was going to do. And I think that was when I found out that I had a problem. Because that was the time in my life where I was just like, mm, do I want to be here? 
like really like everything's gone wrong thus far I don't know what I'm doing I don't know who I am because you know you play a role so much that that's who you were and like now that I'm not playing that role anymore now that I'm not doing those type of things anymore I was lost I didn't know who I was I didn't know who I wanted to be I did not want to go to bed I just I didn't want to do anything I just wanted to lay there and there were times where I just laid there for the whole entire day and it did not come out, did not eat, did not do anything. Um, and that's around the time I had my physical for the year. And I was, I had to go home sick one day because I was so dehydrated because I was just crying all the time. I was just, I didn't eat, I didn't drink anything. I was dehydrated. I had to get a migraine cocktail. They had to shoot three shots in my butt <laughs> because I was dehydrated as all get out. It was crazy. And so that point in time, like, I think I remember one morning waking up and I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, what is this? And like, I knew that there was a problem. And I had my physical and like, I talked to my doctor. She wanted to put me on medication right away. We're not going to name any names, but I don't think that's right. But (laughs) neither here nor there. I did not want to be put on medication because I was like, no, I don't like taking medication. I don't like taking pills in general. I don't want to be put on medication. And then I started to continue to do the things that I was doing and fighting. I, I, I was so sick of fighting the urge to live, to just be and just to just grow. I was, I was trying so hard to just fight the urge to just lie there and not do anything. Like I had to. I still had a job, you know, I still had, you know, stuff to pay for, I still had things to do, and just fighting, it's it's so sad that people are just fighting to live, and that was the point, and I woke up one morning, I'm like, I need help, and so I talked to my doctor about going to therapy, because she wanted to put my medication first, I said, no, I don't want to be on medication, so we went, so we got a therapist, I had my first appointment, and I really didn't want to open up to her like that, but I did a little bit. And then I think the first three sessions, the third session, I think, was the hitter because this lady was like, are you sure you do not want to go on medication just for right now? She was like, because you're saying all these things, and it's very, very frightening. She was like, right off the bat, you have either anxiety that masks your mask your depression, or you have depression that masks your anxiety. But there's something wrong, and I was at the point in my life where I was like, okay, because I've laid down, and I everything went out the window. And I'm like, okay, I will be on antidepressants. And so I went to go see the psychiatrist, and I was on antidepressants. Um, mine was was I on? Sertraline. So Zoloft, for anyone who is on medication, that's the one I was on. Or it's experience of my life. It does well for some people. It did well for me just the first week, like just having my body get used to it. It was very hard. And then afterwards, I felt okay. And I told myself, like, I'm going to be on this medication until I feel stable enough to deal with what I need to deal with. And I think I was on it for about three months. Um... And I was stable. I was okay for those three months. And then after those three months, I was like, okay, I want to wean off this. I want to start my mental healing. I want to start my self-love journey. 
I want to start and I want to be have a clear mind when I do it. I don't want to be on anything. I want to feel all the feelings because I feel like feeling your feelings is very important. And that's the one thing that I've taught myself because you don't understand why you're feeling these things. If you don't feel your feelings, you kind of get clarity once like you cry it out, do whatever you have to do, but feel those emotions. And you, you find a little piece of yourself each time you feel your emotions because your emotions tell you things that you wouldn't you wouldn't know and so I waned off of them I did not talk to my therapist or psychiatrist about it I did talk to I'm a pharmacy tech so I did talk to my pharmacist about it and the safest way to wane off and they told me and I did that and um, I haven't been on antidepressants since and um, I think that was around February and it is June right now so I've been off for quite a while um, and what I will say is that this self-healing journey is, <sighs> I'm trying to put it in words because it's very hard. It's nothing that I've ever done before in my life. But like once you've lost yourself and lost everything that you thought you could possibly have in life, like starting over is probably the one of the most rewarding and difficult things that you could do in life. Because I had the option to stay in Michigan or I had the option to come back to Vegas. And I am a firm believer of you cannot heal in a place that you've been hurt. And it doesn't mean like I was hurt from my relationship, I was, but like just hurt in general from like everything that I, I did. I've hurt from myself, I guess. Because even though like ending my relationship was very, very sad, my dog dying was very, very sad and traumatic. Um, because, like, I grew up on with that, that dog. I love him. Rest in peace, Coco. But I think just those years I was in Michigan, when I came back, I hurt myself more than anyone else could have ever hurt me. And I, after everything that happened, I lost myself. And I'm extremely grateful that I did lose the person that I was because if I continued to do that and continue to be that way, I was going to hurt a lot of people. I was going to hurt myself and I was going to end up stressing myself out to a heart attack. Like I, I seen it coming. And so I decided to move to Vegas because, like I said, you cannot hurt in a place or heal in the place that you've been hurt. And I have been hurt by many people. I've been hurt by myself more. So I'm like, I don't want to stay here. I want to go and to a new city, to a new state, reinvent myself. Now, do I go back to Michigan more often than not this year? Probably. But I think it's it's okay because my family is there and everyone's there. And I've grown so much in the past year, in the past six months, even in the past three months. I've grown so much as a person that even though it was very expensive to move out here and to do all of this, it was... I don't think I would change anything. I wouldn't change it for the world because even though I still do cry, I still get, do get depressed, I still get an- anxious, like I still have all these symptoms, I'm finding myself one step at a time. And that's the most beautiful thing that I think anyone can have, self-growth. And like especially like looking pa- like in the, in the past and seeing how much you've grown as a person, it's, it's words cannot compare how proud I am of myself. Um, that I'm doing this on my own. I'm doing this by myself. I'm 21 years old, and I'm trying to do this, and I'm trying to document it 
for other people to understand that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to lose everything and reinvent yourself because now you can be the best version of yourself or you can work towards those goals. And I wanted to document this because I knew, I don't know how I knew this because I've never done this before. I've never done the self-love, self-healing, mental health journey, but I knew that it was not going to be easy at all and it was going to take time. It wasn't going to be the next couple months, the next couple years. It might even take a, a, a few years actually to be the best version of myself, but I know if I did not document this and not document my growth, I was going to be mad at myself, you know? And then not document it for other people like that are either going through it or want to start going through it to to understand that it is different for everybody, but in general it is hard and it's it's hard and it's a great thing all at the same time. Like it's very, very chaotic, but it's very, very rewarding. It's weird and it's hard to put in words, but if you're going through the self healing, self love, mental health journey, you understand. You do, you get it. <laughs> But now I I still feel some some different feelings. I right now like you know I'm battling with the loneliness because I've always been with somebody. I've always you know either that's a significant other or a parent or somebody. So like now that I'm on my own and I'm doing these on my own, it is weird. It's very weird, and sometimes it does get a little sad. But at the same time, like I know I'm doing this for the greater cause. I'm doing this for myself, and I just need to stick through it because. There's always a rainbow at the end of a storm, so. But as of right now, I do have my own apartment. I have my car. I have a job. Um, I don't really go out. This past week, I went out more times than not. Very, very enlightening. Um, I've learned a lot about myself. And um, a lot about setting boundaries for myself, so that was very, very productive, I guess. Um, my favorite thing to do is watch Netflix <laughs> and eat in my room if I'm not working. So, yeah, I like to do net nature things, so go hiking, you know, do whatever I can do outside. It's been very, very hot, so I haven't been outside a lot. But go swimming, all that good stuff. And I'm just trying to, at this at this moment in my life, I'm trying to be okay with being alone. Which I'm okay with, but sometimes it does get very overwhelming. And I think a lot of people in the generation don't understand that concept of it's okay to be alone. And you should, you know, be okay with being alone. A lot of people can't be okay with being alone. They don't want to be alone. They want to always be with somebody. Even, even if it's a significant other, friends, family, whatever. They want They need someone around them. And I think... That is very detrimental to health a little bit just because you're not always going to be with somebody all the time. And so you just need to learn how to love yourself and be alone with yourself. Um, And it is hard, especially if you're going through mental health issues, to deal with those demons alone. Because when you're alone, you have to deal with your demons. You have to. And I think people don't want to do that. But it's something that is necessary along the journey. And so... Yeah, that's that's me. That's Ashaya. That's it's crazy how far I've come because a year ago I couldn't say this to anyone without crying. I couldn't admit it to myself. Um and I could most definitely not admit it to 
freaking strangers of all people and just go live and out in public with all these feelings and emotions and things that I've been through. (laughs) Absolutely not. But here we are. And I think that's a beautiful thing. That's a part of my growth. So yeah, that is me. That is I. That is her. That is she. And thank you for listening. We are getting closer towards the end of the episode, but I did just want to come and say that if you are having a hard time, if you feel like you're depressed, anxious, if you're battling with yourself and you feel like you're losing your battle, if you cannot, if you feel like you're not wanting to continue to fight your battles, then there are some resources that you can use. So one being the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, that is 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. For my Spanish speakers, that is 1-888-628-9454. There's also the crisis text line if you don't really want to talk to someone on the phone. You just text HELLO to 741-741. And then for all my veterans out there, um, there is a hotline for you as well. It is the same as the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. So it's the 1-800-273-TALK and you press 1 or you can text 838-255. And if you aren't feeling like, you know, it's not life-threatening, but you are feeling these like symptoms like, you know, depression, anxiety, any other mental health um, illnesses, any of those symptoms, you can definitely give your primary care physician a call. And then you guys can talk about different options and or treatments. And then you guys can also talk about um, any type of observation that needs to be done. Um, And then they can hopefully get you to a therapist or get you the results that you need to help you um, help yourself. And even if you don't feel like you have a mental illness, you just want to talk to someone, seeking out a therapist is not a bad idea um, for someone who is unbiased. So that is an option for you as well. But just be kind to yourself take care of yourself, have those mental health moments or mental health days. Um, You just need time to relax and kind of reboot. And that's okay to take the time for yourself. It's not selfish at all. You have to do what you have to do to make sure you are mentally prepared to conquer the world and conquer your life. So with that being said, I love you all. I'm hoping you guys all have a great rest of your day or whenever you're listening to this. And I do love you guys.